0: Hey, Dan, I'm resigning, but I'm not discouraged. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, what about you? Have you resigned your position? Are you thinking about it? Are you discouraged? Are you one of the many people who say they want to find a new job before the end of this year? Wow, so much is happening. So many changes going on. Everybody can be in the driver's seat. That's a good thing, but it also is causing a lot of confusion. So we're going to talk about that. I promised a couple of weeks ago we'd be looking at these issues. Last week I stuck in kind of an extra segment because we had a thought leader out there who said that positive thinking is hogwash. So I wanted to address that and a lot of people question what I thought because they know my message is much different than that. So we had some fun unpacking that. Thanks for all your comments on that, incidentally, that uh, you are positive thinkers. You believe that you can create a better future. So we unpacked that last week. Let's go back to the great resignation. So what should you do if you're dissatisfied with your current situation? And is resigning or quitting your job a sign of giving up? What are the three critical things you need to be successful? All right, that's what we're going to look at. So we're just going to go through those points. Make sure that you know you can choose. No matter what your situation, you can choose. I'll give you some options to kind of identify where you might think that you are right now. No matter which of those identifies you most accurately, You can choose. You can be in the driver's seat. This can be an exciting time for all of us. Well, our quotation comes from Sir Edmund Hillary. Now, you should recognize that name as the the first man to scale, climb, get on the top of Mount Everest. He was the first. Now, there have been thousands since then, but that's a 29,000-foot peak, and he was the first one to scale that. He said, I didn't climb the mountain to conquer the mountain. I did it to conquer myself. Now, a whole lot of things that we're going to be looking at here today have to do with conquering yourself. That's the essence of the 48 Days to the Work You Love book, where the reason that continues to do well, and even among high school kids, is because... It forces you to look inward first, not just look who's hiring, where are the great opportunities out there. That's a recipe for a band-aid solution and ultimate frustration and burnout. Look inward first. So that's the issue. Conquer yourself, then you really are in the driver's seat. If you're subject to what's happening out there in the environment, the circumstances around you, then you are vulnerable. Then you can get hurt. You can feel like you've been a victim. But if you conquer yourself, boy, you can be in the driver's seat. Our resource today is 48 Days Eagles, 48dayseagles.com. Just go there. We've always got special things happening there. But that's where people are seeing that they really can be in the driver's seat because they have the three critical elements that I'm going to be sharing with you here that you need to be successful. All right, well, let's jump, let's jump right in here. You know, resignation, I mean, what, what does that mean? I mean, the, the, the term itself is not one I'm fond of at all, the great resignation. Yeah, we have a whole lot of people who are leaving their positions, but if we look at the definition of the word resignation, it means the act of retiring or giving up a position. Okay, we kind of understand that. Secondly, right out of the dictionary, resignation is the acceptance of something undesirable but inevitable, Okay. Now here's how you differ. And I know if you're listening to this, you differ. It's not just giving up or just kind of that acquiescing to something undesirable, but inevitable. No. Quitting may be the smartest, most courageous thing you can do. I mean, your acceptance of something undesirable, but inevitable doesn't mean you're sad and discouraged or feeling sorry for yourself. It simply may mean that you've decided to make a new start. Maybe a new direction toward your dream. Now, back in July, on episode 786, had a listener who wrote in, you may remember this, a listener said he's struggling over quitting a job that he said it was, it's killing my soul. But he went on to say that he could quit now and get a $20,000 cash severance. Well, my advice is you... No question. If you didn't hear that then, I'm sure you can anticipate what my advice was. Take the money. Take the money and run. And this is what he actually said. He said, this was Charlie. He said, I'm struggling to quit a job that is killing my soul. I can quit by the 23rd of July and take $20,000 cash in early August, but it's frightening to think what I, what if I have to start over again without the benefits? Well, you're not doing anyone any favors by staying in a job that's killing your soul. Now, I know this story. I mean, we all grew up thinking that quitting anything is a failure. Don't quit. Don't quit. I mean, anytime you quit, you're going down. You're going to do less. We hear, you know, don't quit. We hear there's nothing like persistence. You know, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Calvin Coolidge said that. Vince Lombardi said, winners never quit, quitters never win. But that's not really true. Here's, here's a key distinction that needs to be made. I mean, there's a fine line between persisting without exception and banging your head against the wall. I mean, if you're hitting your thumb with your hammer, you don't just keep going, keep doing it, do it faster, hoping it'll start to feel better. No, you stop. Stop. I mean, that's true for so many things that we can look at. I mean, let's say your goal is to make $100,000 in your job and not have to drive more than 10 miles to get there. All right, that'd be a reasonable goal. But right now you have to drive 40 miles to work and you're only making $65,000. Should you just persist and hope that your current job will change that much? No it's not likely to change that. That's a real significant change. You can't make it closer to home and going from 65 to hundred is probably not reasonable in that same job. No, you're probably going to need to create a new plan, quit the position you're in now, and you're quitting. Your resignation can be your start of a going up experience, not going down, And quitting something that you don't care about or something where you're mediocre or something that's killing your soul can free up your brain power, your energy, your accumulated wisdom, your passion, your talent for something where you really can win. Now, in Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talks about this idea of staying committed to your dream, but you may need to come up with a new plan for getting there. See, that's different you can stay committed to your dream, but realize that what you're doing right now to get there is not working well. So quitting a job or a business is not quitting your desire to make a living or to provide for your family or to make a difference or to change the world, however you want to frame that. If your job or your business is at a dead end, it makes sense to take your skills to a a bigger marketplace where you can get back on the path that'll move you toward your big goals. So what you can do is start again, but you start now you're smarter and with more confidence about your direction, more clarity about what will work and what will not. So now you're on a new path that you've chosen to take you where you want to go. So this great resignation that we're hearing about, that's become a very popular term. I mean, yeah, it's going to continue. And here we are, I mean, nobody would have anticipated that we'd be this far into this crazy pandemic that started last year in March. And here we are, at the end of September in the next year. And now we're being told that the figures out there really change. But according to, I mean, some people are saying 95% of people are going to quit their jobs. You know, I've looked at a lot of research and it seems that realistically, probably 55% say they are currently looking or actively looking, you know, for something new in the next 12 months. All right, then we can kind of settle in. On, That's a lot of people. My gosh. I mean, more than half the people. I mean, what does that mean for businesses? What does that mean for you to be in as one of millions who are, in fact, looking for something new? Now, here's some of the things that really don't seem to, to fit together real well. There are currently... 10.3 million job openings in the United States, but there's also 2.2 or almost 3 million people claiming unemployment. So 10.3 million jobs open and you know the routine. You can't drive down the street for one block and not see 10 signs of companies that say that have, we're hiring. I mean, some are getting really cute. There's a sign up the street from us here that says free jobs for the Taking." I mean, there's all kinds of things popping up. So my question is, where are you in all this? This is where I want to kind of stop for a minute. And if you, you just think about this. I know we've got people from all around the world, you know, listening. There are a lot of different situations represented. Are you part of that 55% who are in the workforce now, part of looking for a job? All right. That's one. Number two, you're working, but you'd really like to drop out of this madness and have a business of your own, just you. Or number three, you're already a business owner, but now you're challenged with trying to grow and find good employees. So it doesn't matter which of those you are, you're you're challenged with some unique things that you're going to have to work through. But again, number one, so you're part of the, you know, I really didn't identify. I mean, I should have one option here for you're in a job you love, you plan to stay there, boom, you're finished. All right, so that's one option, but certainly more commonly is the possibility of being part of that 55%. So you're working now, but you're really looking for something new, maybe a better opportunity. Number two, again, you're working, but you'd like to drop out. You'd like to do something on your own, so you're not exposed to this um, volatility. You're not exposed to the idea of maybe losing your job when you don't expect it, or thinking that you had security to only discover it was only an illusion. And then number three, as I identified there, you're already in business for yourself, but now you're finding it difficult to attract good people. So I'm going to give you some pointers, no matter where you are on all of this. Now, some of the things that are happening kind of behind the scenes here as we go, I mean, we've heard about people like Target and Best Buy and K Jewelers, Amazon, you know, well, all of those have already moved to fifteen dollars an hour. So minimum wage is a non-issue. I mean, minimum wage is still seven dollars and twenty-five cents. Nobody's paying that. Nobody can attract people with everything that's happened with that. Especially when you have people getting you know checks from the government that are giving them three, four, six hundred dollars a week, whatever. You know, you're going to attract somebody with seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour to come in and work for you. No. Well, Amazon is already, you know, moving everything to eighteen dollars an hour. They announced just in May, incidentally, that they're hiring seventy five thousand people in warehouse and transportation jobs. I mean, boy, they are I mean, you, you see them, those little trucks, those little gray trucks just whooshing in and out all over the place. Now, some of them are in, in certain locations. Amazon is also given a thousand dollar sign bonus. Um, they're and like they're they're moving up. As we speak and what they're paying hourly, right here where I live here in Florida, McDonald's is offering a $1,000 bonus to stay for 90 days. Now that's pretty astounding to think about it. When you think about McDonald's being kind of the, the starting place for you know, kids, you know, 14, 15 years old, just a starting job, offering a $1,000 bonus I mean that used to be big bucks. Wow. I mean, Taco Bell is a $500 sign-on bonus on there. The sign, where I drive pa- past it here frequently. Um, just recently in Honolulu, there was a restaurant that advertised for servers at $45 an hour, and they had zero applicants show up. I mean, certainly regions vary in this, but there's a whole lot of places that are offering, you know, offering bonuses for starting on. Pilgrim's Pride, one of the largest poultry processors, is advertising a $1,500 signing bonus for a production job that pays between, well, it pays like $15 to $18 an hour in Gainesville, Georgia, but a $1,500 sign-on bonus. Uh, Burger King, one in Pennsylvania, put a banner up across its storefront advertising, $1,500 hiring bonus for new employees and other sign-on incentives. Open open those jobs to 15-year-olds Get 15 years old, you get a $1,500 sign-on bonus. Wow. There's a restaurant opened near us here recently. Ford's Garage, one that I enjoy going to because it's got a car theme. They've got an old Model a out front, one hanging from the ceiling inside. The napkins you have are grease rags with a radiator hose clamp around them. I mean, just all kinds of fun things. And they're, they're paying $20 an hour for anybody in any position, along with a $2,000 sign-on bonus. Uh, Joanna and I were just up in Tennessee uh, two weeks ago. There's a psychiatric hospital, beautiful, beautiful facility, just near where we used to live up there. And they have a sign-out front advertising for RNs with a $10,000 sign-on bonus. If you're a registered nurse, 10000 bucks just to sign-on. Now, when you, you amortize that, when you think about that, that's five dollars an hour in the for the course of a year, a working year. Wow! So that means if you're used to getting you know forty dollars an hour as a nurse, that all of a sudden it becomes forty five, and you get the extra bonus in advance, ten thousand bucks. Okay. Well, I, I'm. It's it's an exciting time. I know it can be intimidating, but it can also be really exciting to realize how much control you can have over identifying who you are. I mean, that's again the 48 days process. Look inward first. 85% of the confidence of having a proper direction comes from looking inward first. Know who you are. How has God uniquely gifted you? What are your skills and abilities? What are your personality tendencies? What are your values, dreams and passions? From those you create a clear focus Then you can have the confidence to address the 15% of the process, that being, okay, now where am I going to look for a position? What kind of organization do I want to be aligned with? Or what kind of a business would I start? I mean, those are the things then that you move to after you look inward first. Got a note just uh, yesterday from uh, David who said, is there a resource for high school seniors to help discover and identify the work they'd love? Well, in all due modesty, without just promoting my own book, I mean, we have a whole lot of high school kids who use the 48 days to the work you love. I mean, that is, I mean, somebody by the time they're 12 years old can read it. I wrote that at the seventh grade reading level purposely because we knew there were a whole lot of young kids who were going to be using it. We're connected with an entrepreneurial program that is now in place in 300 high schools. We have. Lots and lots of homeschoolers that use our material because, and of course a lot of universities, but the the process of looking inward first rather than just seeing where the opportunities are seems to give kids, high schoolers, a more authentic starting point. So yeah, thanks for your question, David, but I, I really do recommend. I think that they can get the kind of clarity they are looking for in a more authentic way. I mean, a lot of things that are going to help high schoolers discover, you know, work they love, are just going to tell them what the job trends are going to be, how artificial intelligence is going to change things, you know, what jobs are going to disappear. Well, that's all well and good, but we can't keep ahead of that curve. Things are changing so rapidly, it's going to be really difficult to predict what we're going to have available in five years. But if you look inward first, that gives you a forever compass, a forever compass. So even if the application of what you do daily to create income changes multiple times, 12 times of your working lifetime or 15, which it likely may do, you still have the confidence of that core compass. This is what I'm all about. This is what fits me well. Now, I got to know from uh, Mark as well. Longtime time listener. He says, Dan, I'm a retired construction worker. I've been in touch with some of my former fellow employees. Some of them have been applying at different jobs. In one case, um, one of the guy's wife, thinking of changing careers, applied at every store within a rather large local mall. She got one interview, not even one from a fast food place. Others have applied at retail stores like Walmart, but have been told they weren't hired because of no retail experience. And these people were older with at least 10 years of work experience, not much, and, and much life experience. What is happening? Do these businesses have to show a wanted sign in the window in order to receive government help? Mark says, please don't misunderstand. There are still legitimate businesses that are hiring. One lady that sets up interviews said that out of nine interviews she set up in a week, only two people actually showed up. So the problem comes from both ends. But the job market doesn't appear to be as wide open as you portray it. I would appreciate your feedback. May your days stay healthy and your business stay golden. Well, thanks, Mark. And I, I really don't understand the scenario that you are saying here. When you say that people, somebody's gone to every store at a mall and didn't get a, a job offer, I mean, I can't imagine that. I, I really can't. I mean, I'm hearing certainly stories that are much different than that people going out you know and getting six job offers in one afternoon and that and that's why people will set up interviews and then not show up because it's so easy just to go two doors down and have them say yeah sure you can work here you know and and most of these positions like in a mall or retail where in May alone 649,000 people left i mean those people are so so desperate it's like wow. Do you breathe? Do you fog up this mirror? You know? Yes. You can. You could start here immediately. Reminds me of a, a humor piece that I saw years ago. It's from Wizard of Id, that quirky little comic strip that used to run. And um, so the one guy says, "I understand you guys are really hard up for stable hands." And the owner says, "Yeah, I hate to admit it, but you're right. Well, I'd like to apply. Bless you. Well." Do you see no grade school or high school? Do you have any kind of training at all? The guy says, just potty. Potty training's good. Potty's okay, you're hired. Well, it's almost that bad, it seems out there. But that's what I'm hearing. And I'm talking to a lot of business owners. I mean, I'm talking to owners of uh, like big construction companies that I mean, they're willing to train. They're willing to take somebody who has no training and train them so that they can become good valuable workers. I've talked to a gentleman who has physical therapy centers. He has over 400 physical therapy centers around the country. Well, he needs to hire, among other things, people who are trained in physical therapy. You know what the biggest challenge that he faces is? The key these people who need jobs as physical therapists, they can't make the math work because of the student loan debt that they have. That's the biggest issue he's facing. They have too much student loan debt. I mean, if they have a physical therapy degree, but now they have $180,000 in student loan debt, which is not uncommon, you have to pay them such an outrageous amount. It just doesn't make sense for anybody. Well, well, Anyway, unique situations like that. Hey, I want to just do kind of a flashback here to kind of frame what we're looking at. And we're going to do a kind of a roundup and close things in here. This idea, you know, where a lot of people were at home for 18 months. Now more than that, you know, 20 months. I mean, it's it's caused a break in what everybody considered normal. But think about what normal was. If we roll the calendar back a little bit, it was on January 5th, nineteen. 14, So 1914, that's 107 years ago. Yeah, that's a little ways back, but I mean, my goodness, there are people who were born who are still around. We had dinner last night with some people who had just visited with a friend of theirs who's 104 years old. She's still very vibrant and active. But uh, so uh, anyway, on in 1914, Henry Ford stunned the world when he revealed that the Ford Motor Company was going to pay for a day to the people who work there. Now that was again, 170 years ago. And that began the process of going to a job, a workplace away from home where you would do what the employer asked you to do, get a paycheck and go home at the end of the day. That was a new model to just show up. You weren't even responsible for what came out at the end of the production line. You were just responsible to stand here, put this piece on this part, do that all day long. That was it. Now, before that, people simply created work based on what they did well. So some people were going to be farmers. I mean, some built buggies, some were fishermen, some logged trees, took them to sawmills. I mean, some were going to be your local doctor or dentist or veterinarian and so on. So in that environment, if you ask somebody to, have, to build you a wagon, you didn't guarantee that person a dollar an hour. You, you simply agreed on a price, you know, maybe $60. And when you, the wagon was completed, then you would pay the person. There was no regard to where that worker did the work and no regard to how long it took. Whoa, does that start to sound a little familiar? I mean, a lot of the work that's developed in the last 18, 20 months now has exactly the same characteristics. It doesn't matter where you do the work. It doesn't matter how long long it took you, that you'll be paid when the results are provided. Now, that's a monumental shift in your own thinking. If you're willing to accept responsibility for the results you produce and be paid for such... You just opened up a whole world of opportunity for yourself. This idea of going to some place, clicking a time clock, putting your name badge on, and being guaranteed a paycheck because you spent 40 hours there, that's a model that's being destroyed as we speak. Now, there's certainly going to be variations of that around for a while, but that at its essence is a poor business model. It doesn't make sense for anybody. Businesses can thrive if the workers are producing the results that they have agreed to produce. Not just if they put in the time, putting in time is inconsequential. Producing the results is all that really matters. So if we look for work models that really doesn't matter where you were or how long it took you, boom, all of a sudden, things change. Now, a few years ago, Daniel Pink wrote a book called Drive. Really well done. Daniel's a great researcher. I mean, he really digs deep to write his book. But he says people are looking for three things. Autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Now, Think about that. That's different than what employers traditionally have thought they need to offer. It's just money. You know, what do people look for other than money? Well, you know, they don't care about anything. No, but see, that's not true. People do care about things beyond money. Autonomy, that idea that you really are in the direction or taking direction for your own life. I mean, if you, that, that there really is something where you can make a decision. You can decide how this ought to be done would be an example. Mastery, the opportunity to get better and better at something that matters. And then purpose. The opportunity to be involved in something larger than ourselves. That's why a lot of people are thriving while others are not. If we take Burger King as an example, what you're going to get there is a paycheck. And they're having to, I mean, we got a McDonald's here in this local area where the lady has three locations and she keeps one of them closed just to move the staff around to try to keep the doors open at two of them. Now, you know you're going to have customers coming in, no matter what, if you got a McDonald's sign in a front yard. But she doesn't have enough workers because what she offers is money. Gee, you get a $1,000 bonus if you stay here 90 days. It's money, money, money. Take that as as an example, Chick-fil-A. There's a different sense of what it means to be involved there. They are developing leaders. They're giving kids opportunity to pass through, but leave out the other door with more leadership finesse and skills, more people skills, the opportunity to perhaps go to their unique program at Berry college called Windshape. So very, very different. They aren't struggling with getting people. It's not that they pay more. It's they focus on autonomy, mastery and purpose. Now, if you understand those things, it'll help you frame what you're looking for as well. You know, whether you're looking for a job, whether you're looking for workers, um, you know, whether you're somebody who's wanting to start and grow your own business. I mean, so this is your opportunity. This is your chance to be in the driver's seat and a chance to, as I close every podcast, to find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. So if you want a job, be very clear on what it is that you do that has value. Then identify those 30 to 40 companies that could use those skills I Mean send an introduction letter followed by your resume and a cover letter, follow up with some kind of a personal contact that can be a personal visit, a phone call, an email connection from a friend. I mean, and today, literally you can walk in the front door if a company is near you. If you're thinking you'd maybe like to be your own boss, to have your own business with the time freedom and in, unlimited income that's possible with that, then now is your time. It's never been easier to clarify your own idea and bring it to life. Maybe it's been a while since you've had to do a job search. And frankly, maybe, maybe the idea of having a boss who's half your age isn't very appealing. But you really can find or create the work that makes you want to get up in the morning, you know, work that says, this is why I was born. And a lot of you are looking at things you could do more on your own. I mean, that's part of why I gave you the resource today to check out our Eagles community because that is full, you know, hundreds of people in there who are on that path. They're saying, yeah, I'm working, you know, I'm doing okay, but I've got this idea about something I'd like to do on my own. I've got this idea that has been dormant since I was a teenager and I really want to develop it. And then if you're looking for great workers, I mean, just create a culture that people want to be a part of. Be clear on the purpose of your work and how people can be a part of that. Allow people to be compensated for results, not just time. You got a graphic designer and you need um, some kind of a brochure done. Well, don't force that person to work slowly so they spend 20 hours doing it when they have the ability to do it in two hours. Pay them for the project. I mean, That's always how I look at it compensating people on our 48 days team. What is? Well, this is what we want finished. When you do that, boom, this is what we agree on as compensation. Well, golly, just a quick insert here, just to remind you, we're uh, taking kind of a, a little bit different path today. Not a whole lot, really. I'm inserting questions here, but we're going to go back to the questions that you all ask. Just keep those coming in. You can shoot those into ask Dan at 48days.com. And questions you've got, success story that you've got. We got a couple of contests going on right now where I'm getting a lot of emails regarding that. But again, if you got a question about your own work situation, your future, just send that in to ask at 48days.com. Now we've heard about you know the changes that have happened dramatically. I've talked a lot about the changes that have happened in our colleges and universities. Wow. I mean, I think they've taken a mortal hit. I don't think they'll ever recover the way that we thought about them originally. Again, thinking about an antiquated model, hundred years ago, colleges and universities, they had control of information. If you wanted to know who climbed Mount Everest first, you go to the university because they had encyclopedias. They had documents. Well, you know that's not true anymore. I mean, a kid walking around in the ghetto in Nairobi, you know, can pull up on a phone the answer to that question. So today, we have a lot of people who went to universities to accumulate knowledge that is now readily available. There's no unique benefit in just storing the knowledge in your head. But now all of a sudden, they have $120,000 in student loan debt. Wow, what, what marketable skills do you have? I mean, a company's asking, okay, so you've got that degree, but what did that qualify you to do? What do you do that somebody who just graduated from high school or didn't graduate from high school could not do as well? Be very careful about what it is that you're training for in terms of how it sets you apart with unique, distinctive, marketable skills. I've talked about Google having training that's readily available right now. Six different areas, they're expanding that as we speak, but they say it takes about six months to go through it. It costs $240, $240 over six months to complete the training program. They have over 130 companies that have already signed on, said so they'll hire anybody who completes one of those programs. LinkedIn learning is expanding dramatically. What they have, I mean, they now have over 16,000 courses and are adding daily, 16,000 courses that can be accessed in total for $24.94 a month. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And companies do recognize background like that where they say, oh, gee, you took this course in you know this software program. You took this course in graphic design. And they take those as legitimate preparation for doing work Whereas a master's degree in English Lit may not really carry any weight at all. Well, one of the things, I'm going to wrap up with is one of the things that psychologists have looked at, I mean, there's been a lot of things that have happened in the psychological dynamics of how we all have been hurt, feeling like we've been taken advantage of, whatever it happens to be. In this whole pandemic, no matter what you were doing or are doing now or want to do, there's still effects of that without any question. And there's really kind of a process of grief that we've all gone through with that. Do not belabor this, but the the stages of grief are denial. There's six stages. Denial. It's like, I can't believe this is happening. I mean, there's no way this can be real. I mean, you can think back, back to March April of last year, a lot of us were thinking, there's no way, you know, something like this could uh, damage businesses, economies, countries, cultures, travel, and all of that. Well, that's denial. That's the first stage. The second is anger. It's like, are you serious? You mean I can't leave my house? I can't go to work? I can't go to concerts? I can't go to the mall? I can't go to restaurants? I mean, anger. And then third is bargaining. Okay, let me get this straight now. So if I stay home for two weeks and everything goes back to normal. So it's kind of a false hope bargaining is. It's kind of a form of negotiating with yourself that if I do this, then I'll get this in return. Well, again, a lot of people were disappointed in what they thought was a temporary bargain. And then it just went on and on and on. And then it leads to the fourth stage of grief being depression. Wait. Wait. You mean this could go on longer? I mean, when this started, I mean, I remember real clearly, March and April of last year, they said, well, this is going to go into July, and then it'll be over. And then it was like, well, it may be August until we really get on top of this and turn things around. That was last year. So here we are, more than a year later, and we still have the remnants of all this going on. I mean, that has caused depression. It's caused serious depression for a lot of people. And then the fifth stage of grief, and this is a grief process that people go through if they went through a divorce or job loss or job failure or a death in the family or death of somebody they love. I mean, it's a legitimate process of grief. Number five, then be an acceptance. Okay, if this is how it's going to be, what can I do to make this work? You know, what does this make possible? Okay, it's not what I wanted, not what I expected, but if this is going to be the new reality, what is it that I can expect? This is where we get that idea of the second meaning of resignation, where this isn't something I desired, but if it's inevitable, okay, I'm going to have to learn to live with it. But there's kind of a sixth stage that we can move into, and that's where we find meaning. Okay, now this all happened, you know, we didn't expect it, we didn't want it, but not only just how can we survive, but how can we thrive? How can we move into the next season of our life and really feel like there's a sense of purpose and meaning to what we're doing? And for a lot of people, this has opened the door. Because the change came in, they would have just kept things the way they were. I mean, the status quo is really, really appealing, no question about it they would have just kept things the way that it was, except those changed. So now it did open the door to, well, maybe I don't want to go back to just the way things were. Maybe I want to move in a different direction to something that's more in line with my dream. Something that is more meaningful, more purposeful, gives me more meaning than anything I've ever done before. So again, this is our opportunity. This is our time to move forward. So Is it going to be resigning in the way that you're now just giving up? You're just, you know, is it going to be that just acceptance or acquiescence, something undesirable but inevitable? No. You can resign. Or if you went through resignation where it wasn't even expected or wanted, you lost your job. You had things that you really did not want to occur take place. You can still see that as a powerful step of moving forward, a step of moving up, accelerating your path toward your dreams. Now, for success in any direction, these are those three critical things you have to have. For success in any direction, you have to have these three. Number one, the right mindset. Number two, the right idea. Number three, the right network. A lot of people have felt isolated during this period of time. Maybe you've felt that. Just a sense of being unconnected, the desire to be out engaged again. I have a grandson who just went through COVID. The biggest thing that he dealt with was the incredible boredom from not being able to be out and hug people, be connected, having conversations. So you need those. You know, we all do. I mean, I need those. The right mindset, the right idea, the right network. Well, those are things that we... Focus on very intently in the Eagles community. Check it out, 48DaysEagles.com. Check that out. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. Thanks for being open to growing and being a powerful force for making the world a better place and for believing without a shadow of a doubt, we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.